0: Welcome to Fargo Talks Fargo, a podcast on the FX television series Fargo, and here I am sitting with my buddy Sharpie in Fargo. That's right. Recording it. I mean, I'm always in Fargo. I'm always here, but you're not.
1: That's true. I moved away, and now we are dangerously close to each other. Yeah our knees are touching
0: thank god well give it up for my covet test i took right before we talk like three feet this is what it's like i mean imagine how many years did bruce springsteen and you know little steven spend singing into the same mic and imagine how much like random spit they've shared through the E street band
1: yeah maybe we should be swapping mics back and forth throughout this episode
0: why don't we just use one mic for the
1: whole show yes even okay. better
0: well, I don't know where do we even start? I know we I can tell you this. we did our best to review a lot. We have had a quite a bit of uh listener email lately. I will do my best through the holiday season here to reply to as much as I can as briefly yeah, as I it's can. so but awesome. Keep you guys have sent in so much great stuff, uh so please do keep it coming. We do read it. We just went through a bunch of it and we're some of you are thinking some of the same things we do uh sometimes there are things happening that we for whatever it's worth. We actually have edited... There's a few things people brought up we've edited out of the show, whether it wasn't a complete thought for us or I don't know, or we were just too off our rockers. But gosh, the tender trap, Sharpie. Let's head on down. What was your first thought about it when you heard the show title now that you've had time? Because I didn't look it up that night. Did you? No, I did not. Yeah. I mean, so the, the first thing I realized is that it's a 1955 film starring Frank Sinatra and Debbie Reynolds and a few people. And it's the overall gist of the movie that I read from Wikipedia. And we also did get an email about it. So thank you for that. I think it was maybe those Deb or mm-hmm. Deb. If it was you, not Deb, I'm sorry. Uh, somebody, it's a story about women who are trying to get married men who seemingly don't want to or something. And it's like,
1: ugh, ugh. Uh.
0: classics from the fifties, but yeah, um, uh, we're here. We are with a bunch of women dealing with the men in their lives in a very sometimes inverted position.
1: It's, That's right. That's good. So, uh, Yeah, that's interesting. I did not know that about the Tender Trap. You know, we have a, uh, we've got a similar joint in Fargo, uh, that was formerly named, uh, similar to another TV show.
0: Yeah, the strip club here was originally called, what?
1: Northern Exposure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Then they got sued by the TV show. Yeah. To, who... What lawyer was digging through that? But they were like, you know, this uh, this bar in Fargo that has uh, the topless ladies at it's getting a little too popular. They they might mix it up with the TV show we've got. Yeah.
1: They were crushing them on the Alta Vista searches. <laughs>
0: Janine, Janine <laughs> Turner, right? Wasn't well, her name? Was that Janine Turner that was on that show? And Rob Morrill? Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah,
0: they were pissed. So, uh, so they changed, They just took off the word exposure.
1: Yeah, it's just called the Northern. The now, Northern. in case you're in Fargo and want want to stop by. Northern Exposure was a amazing for a strip club, I got to say.
0: Yeah, it, everything about it, geographically, <laughs> everything. Anyway, yeah, I, um, you know what I really didn't kind of catch was, and maybe I'm wrong, please tell us where I'm wrong or you correct me, where the hell was the Tender Trap?
1: Do we know? That's I what probably. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So obviously Roy is there, but he's from Stark County. They don't really give us an idea about his whereabouts as a city, uh... And I mean, so Indira is from, right, this little Scandia. Minnesota, Scandia town mm-hmm. and all of this. And is, I mean, is it in Fargo? Is it somewhere in the middle? I, I mean, maybe we're missing it. I have a feeling it's supposed to be Fargo.
1: Really? I was thinking it was more closer to Redemption Services, but maybe not. But where are they?
0: Like, I just can't imagine Wayne lives that far away from his mom. So why would somebody, well, let me put it this way. Why would a banker in Minnesota be donating to a North Dakota sheriff's so the strip club and the guy have to be somewhat located mm. here to... I mean, maybe we're getting a little too real about it because we know that actual town, Scandia, is north of Minneapolis, which is three hours from Fargo, and Bismarck, or which is closer to what they're sort of calling Stark County out that way, is three hours the other direction from Fargo on the border of Minnesota. So it's like... hmm Maybe this is that season one thing again where we're like, Dude, that's a lot of driving.
1: That is a lot of driving. People do it. That we do. Um... All right, so we, uh, we see Vivian Duggar uh, come out of the tender trap. Vivian likes his candy. All mm. kinds of it.
0: Yes, he does.
1: Uh, one of my favorite lines uh, at the end of this scene uh, was, see at the Elks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wrote this. Yeah,
1: this is fun because now
0: Sharpie can sort of see my notes. And I said, he's like, you two can leave now. And the guy's like, see at the Elks.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious because that exact phrase was literally said to me yesterday in Fargo.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: One of our friends who doesn't even watch the show. He's like, hey, Thursday, we're going to the Elks. We'll see you there. <laughs> That's awesome. There is an Elks club here. My
0: office yeah. was my old office was actually in the where the old Elks club was. I still want to give you credit though for you said. I wonder if we'll see the bankers again, and I said no, and boy was I wrong. We saw him right away. at The beginning of this. Yeah, episode. now they're so, like
1: totally weaved into this whole thing.
0: Well, at least Vivian is. Yeah. I was worried. I thought we were going to get to see him dance, but. No one wants to see that. That was
1: interesting. Uh, There's a little bit of a smirk on Roy's face at that moment when he asked him to do a little dance. And I don't know, maybe this is uh, I, I think uh, Roy goes a little both ways, maybe. Yeah? Yeah. Good for him. Exactly.
0: He, of course, he'll, he'll, he'll never find a reason, it. he'll, yeah, he'll <laughs> tell you uh, the Bible says you shouldn't do that and he'll, he'll platform it. But once he gets to the Twin Cities airport, he'll be tapping your toe underneath the stall door before exactly. you know it. Yep. <laughs> what was that politician's name? I think somebody emailed us about that, too, or maybe I just was thinking about it. Santorum? No, no, no. There was the Minnesota guy that, yeah, he got busted. Anyway. What else? What else you got from the tender trap? I feel like you got more. Nope. No, that's it? That's the end of your tender trap scene?
1: I think so. Oh.
0: By the way, I just poured poured myself a nice Fargo Brewing Company, Kenny's Lemonade Radler, that I've also added some some Aperol to. It's called a spaghetti. sp like spaghetti minus the I. Never Mm. had one out there. You should go make one. Google it.
1: That's a very regional drink.
0: I don't think it's from here. It's from somewhere else. There's a great uh, if you Google it, it'll, the number one the number one uh, return on the search for it, I think, is a Bon Appetit. Art. Mm. It's fancy,
1: but doesn't it originally supposed to be with highlight?
0: Yes, I just uh, given it our own local twist here.
1: Uh, did you notice the woman in the background of that scene, just kind of like eerily smoking that cigarette? She obviously might have worked at the Tender Trap, but I actually didn't. I didn't the first time I watched it, and then the second time I was like, whoa, when did she get there? Oh, the lady just standing by the stairs. Yeah,
0: what a blind eye! I guess she's turned. That's the kind of mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff that goes down outside the tender trap, and you just don't worry about it.
1: You don't worry about don't it. Don't even worry about it. Head over to the Olmsteads.
0: It's your second night in town now. Did you uh, sleep on a garage floor somewhere this morning?
1: I uh, I probably did. <laughs> of course, when you come back to Fargo, you, you there's a a million people you gotta see, and Fargo likes their drinks. Feeling a little slow today, Bill.
0: My big takeaways. Well, I'll help you out here. My big, my big
1: takeaways from
0: this were that even though Scotty's in their house, you know, and we mentioned in the hot dish that there's a nice tiger painting on the wall, we know that um, Scotty's reading a little Berkeley jazz drumming book. You know, good Mm -hmm. on, good on Scotty for the studies. But just the way she's standing at the counter, staring off towards the direction of her garage, this is not the first time. She's thought long and hard about what a idiot her husband is, and or what a insensitive tool he can be. Mm-hmm. You know that he's just out there caked out on the floor because that's his only his only passion. Seem seemingly is the way she just kind of like reaches up with the garage door opener, like you're turning off a TV show you hate. <laughs> mm. but fun mm. uh, fun for the school kids, I guess. Oh, that sounds terrible to say. Uh, he was he was mad about it, but boy, he really goes on a a bit of a lengthy diatribe of what he needs his wife to be. And we talked, he's sort of the unsuccessful version, so to speak, like Mm. to modern standards, you know, whereas Roy has power and success, you know, whereas Lars doesn't, but yet he still has all the same ideology of what a woman's place is. He Mm. just has what a long list of gripes for such a non-contributing shit wipe. Yeah,
1: that is well said, Bill. Uh, Yeah. The interesting, the, they sprinkle in a lot of these little failures of these doofus men characters throughout this show, and they can kind of like breeze by you, uh, and these little details I think are really good. So, uh, what I'm talking about is how Lars completely sabotages, without even knowing it, Indira's little white lie that there's no school today. Because Scotty says, are you going to take me to school? Indira says, no, there's no school today. Then immediately Lars comes in into the room and says, hey, the school bus just saw me in my drawers. Like and she's like everything he's that comes out of his mouth is like he's just like a, a hurricane just sabotaging everything because he's he's just so dumb like she had it was a white lie it wasn't that important but now Scotty knows that there is actually school today
0: it's strongly indicative of the fact that they're not on the same page yeah and exactly that they, and that they don't they're not communicating with each other which I can totally understand from her standpoint
1: have you ever been a type of person to use the word drawers.
0: No, but I've heard it, but I just feel like Noah Hawley and the writers on this show have a penchant for wonky words.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: I mean, we're going to talk about abattoir later.
1: Drawers is just a funny word for your your underwear.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, drawers, skivvies. Sure. I mean...
1: Do you know why they're called drawers? I do not. Please tell me. It's because of the root word draw. You draw them. You draw them on. Jeez. So, like, it pants and socks are also drawers
0: my sister once convinced me that they weren't called
1: socks really Let's she get told me that. they
0: were called stocks and <laughs> I, I was probably like 16 years old sure like stocking and she'd been off yeah that was the whole point you know she'd she, she'd she been at her first year at Vassar and was trying to kind of own her little brother. And so she convinced me of it and let it roll until I started sharing the fact with my family that we've all been saying it wrong. And then
1: they all they all laughed at me. That's great. Maybe it's like a Mandela effect type thing. No, they've always been stocks. Yeah. And
0: she's like, are you kidding? You've been saying it wrong? The whole... I mean, the whole thing started with, wait, what did you just say? And I was like, well, I got to go get my socks. And she's like, they're, they're called stocks.
1: <laughs> How long have you been saying it that way?
0: I mean- it was really good. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, super sidebar story, but it's just the minute you talk about like words like drawers and stockings and socks and but yeah, he just the whole I want a good, I, I want a wife, the cooking, the the cheerleading, the stuff. Like he is a full-blown man baby mm-hmm. too. Not not no not only is he a jerk, but he's a man baby. He needs he mm-hmm. needs to be kept up. I mean, the only thing he didn't ask for was like a an ass wipe.
1: Mhm. And I really liked how he's asking for a wife that supports him. And without even saying it, he goes, and emotionally, I want emotional support. Because without even having to say it, he basically admits that Indira is supporting him financially. Yeah. Uh, But he wants that emotional support.
0: And when she brings up the money, he immediately calls her a negative person. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to talk about all that negativity? Come on, get it. Like, don't make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. I, I I did think I said there's got to be a bigger part to his character and what he does, and I think this is where we're starting to unfurl the 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 parts of him that we're we're unsure of and the, the complexity of what he is, complexity and or damage that she's causing hit that her world. Hmm. You know, like for me, mm-hmm. I feel like the best thing for her at the end of this show isn't a job or getting out of debt. The best thing at the end of the show is for her to tell Lars to take a walk, like see ya, bud.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's definitely, and there has been throughout the season, this theme of this, of man, man, men, child, men, children,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: men, children. Um, and you see that a lot in here where Lars kind of parallels Wink cause they're both just like children playing with their toys. So, um, what are you doing there? <laughs> Sharpie's getting weirded out
0: by the fact that we're recording in the same room and
1: it's weird having a conversation with someone in the same room but you're like looking into a microphone and like oh i've been trying to stare deeply into your eyes for oh, the last are? 10 minutes oh, that's and why you I feel just weird. you're
0: unwilling i thought maybe you weren't willing to make the commitment to our, our relationship on this podcast but it is true we we have mostly recorded this show remotely from each other since its inception so yes. so for us being in the same room is is probably the weirdest thing. We've spent <laughs> we've spent a lot of time together in general, physically, in our lives together, but like this show itself is just sort of this like we have these own little spaces and distance. But maybe we should take people out of this and straight over to the, the old family farm to the abattoir.
1: Let's do it. That's that's a new word for me.
0: I did not know it completely on my own. I mean I sort of been like, why do I know this term a little bit? But basically just a term for a slaughter. That's okay. our house.
1: so that's where seymour butts is getting his face beat in
0: yeah but boy he doesn't back down
1: oh man did he look rough yeah that was like some straight up uh like saw or hostile movie type gore yeah
0: i i really liked. i mean like from a cinematic standpoint and how things looked i thought it was shot beautifully i did i did get slightly taken out of it at one point because through the window there was like this beautiful this light backlighting through the window of mm-hmm. the abattoir but Then, when you see Gator smoke outside, the sun is like over the barn the other direction. And I was like, as a dork, that that broke me just a little bit. Oh, okay. I moved on pretty quick because right after we see the beating happening that Bowman's laying on, not only that, Gator's not doing any of the work.
1: No. Like, what's he taking a break from? Standing there? (laughs) He's just, he's got a vape, man. Yes, I got to go inside and get my douche flute. Uh, The Gator vapor.
0: The Gator vapor. (laughs) That's right. But we go inside and we see, we see Roy getting a good old haircut because they evidently he doesn't want to let anyone get a floby suck and cut system. That's right. Because Roy sucks uh, little Trump on in the background and she's very identifying with him. But mm-hmm. as you may or may not have heard, and I honestly, I edit these things pretty late at night. I don't know. I think I cut it. I left it in. We talked on the hot dish about the fact that we had to stream the show funny and that noise canceling slash background stuff basically washed away the music and all sorts of stuff for you totally. when you watched the show. But you also told me when we sat down here today that it took away all of Trump's talking too, which boy, if there's, there should be a filter for that elsewhere oh, in the world,
1: but we might uh, be onto something.
0: Yeah. But so you didn't even hear what you just saw Trump on the TV.
1: I just saw Trump on, the, on TV. I didn't hear the words that were coming out of his mouth on my first watch when we were watching it live. And then later on in the episode, uh, you know, there's some quid pro quo action and we brought it up on the hot dish, you know, like, hey, this is like, there's a lot of quid pro quo talking about. And that's like what Trump was talking about like a long time ago. I thought it was good that you didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it. So this Trump on the television talking about quid pro quo, do you think this, this is definitely a nod to this aggression will not stand? In it's got to be a little bit
0: of something in that vein of presidents doing things or talking about things. But I also think it serves as another tool, you know, to sum it up as fast as I can is she says all of these things that are very supportive to what I believe is probably partly Roy's cause, air quotes around the word cause. And then no sooner than she cuts his ear and she hits him or he hits her, he basically tells her that's what you get when you're nosing around and things you don't need to be talking about because she how dare she say what she's saying have an opinion god forbid she has an opinion and then on top of that talk about it to the two girls that are getting homeschooled at the table the 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 wonder twins i just want to know when they're getting their little big wheels to ride around the mm-hmm. outlook uh, or the overlook and then blood's going to be everywhere running out of the doors and i'm going to have nightmares uh but he just he just craps on her because she was trying to be supportive and have something in common with him and mm-hmm. i just I don't know this this that smack for me was like very startling personally. That uh, was I know, rough. I know eventually in a minute we get to see a guy get a bullet put in his head but the just I don't know. Somehow that's
1: easier even though the guy's totally innocent. Yeah, right? That's ah. so bad. Um yeah, I mean she's broken like he I mean Roy Roy is a ranch guy. Like he's literally he literally breaks his women like he breaks a horse. Yeah. Oof. It's disgusting. Like she totally Flipped the script and made her feel like the bad.
0: Yeah. I still just, it's so weird when he, he speaks so lovingly about those are my mothers, you know, like getting blood on them. And it's just, but at hmm. the same time, it's like, how can you speak so fondly of another woman when you just like hit one? You know, Exactly. It's so weird. You know, the human condition has all sorts of range and stuff, but it's still just, boy. And then
1: men are the worst. Speaking of men, we, we see another guy on the TV, Wayne Lyon. Yeah. Uh, so we get to see a commercial from Lions Motors, uh, which is great. And the best line here in this commercial is, we got the lowest prices in town, and I ain't lying. Hi, <laughs> I'm Wayne Lyon. <laughs> it's local advertising,
0: right? So he got the spot for free by yep. buying the airtime. And I bet you he was, I bet you he even helped write it, and he was proud about it.
1: Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. So am I going am I reading into this too much when he says, I ain't lying, hi, I'm Wayne Lyon? Is he Wayne Lyon? Are we going to find out that maybe that's not? Ooh, I didn't even Israel think of that.
0: Man? I just thought it was just playing into the whole lying lion, drum set, bad liars. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe I just maybe this is the overall theme of this season about like what are we all lying to ourselves about exactly yeah i mean it's in the words right there the lowest prices of town and i ain't lying in the sign behind him too wow it is sorry Amazing. i just zoomed in for sharpie <laughs> on the on the video but yeah he's but he look look at his face look how proud he is this i bet you when this commercial aired he told everybody about it
1: yeah you had to uh make sure that you were sitting down at the 6 p.m news or something just to have all your friends around just to watch the commercials
0: I mean, the good news about him is instead of being a doofus, he's a goofus.
1: I like goofus.
0: You know, maybe not the brightest, maybe not the sharpest, but, but he's cool.
1: All right. If Wayne Lyon's a goofus, what is Lars? Ooh,
0: the douchest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
0: Douches. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the minute we saw that commercial, obviously we knew that's over. He's going to figure that out. Yeah, and what do we know?
1: We know that uh, Gator's got the wrong guy. Or should we say, or should we give Gator some credit and say Bowman got the wrong guy?
0: Yeah, well, that's what he tried to do. He yep. tries to turn that whole thing around, you know. So, you know, What was the line? He, I don't remember the whole thing, but boy, he just, he just finally outs the whole thing and says, son, you got a bad luck problem. You know, yep. like you're an upside down horse, you know, there's an upside down horseshoe kind of business. And well, holy cow, another shocking moment that, well, you know, now that I'm saying this to you out loud... Roy, twice in this episode, I never thought of this till just now, twice in this episode, Roy is doing something and you're like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And then on a moment's notice, boom, he he hits his wife. Mm. He goes out to the shed and in a moment's notice, boom, he shoots a guy in the head.
1: Yeah, but he knows he's going to shoot that guy in the head when he steps out of that door, like when he steps out of the house because he's not wearing his, uh, he's not wearing a mask. Yep. Like like all the other guys are, even
0: though Gators like we're wearing kerchiefs. Yeah, we're wearing like kerchiefs. So, <laughs> I'm super smart. Covered my face. Yeah, except you're all on camera in a hospital. Yeah, yeah. He, he, speaking of doofus versus goofus,
1: nah, he's a he's a dingus. Mm. A dingus? Maybe I don't know. Okay, I
0: got, a lot, I got a lot of names for things.
1: Yeah, I'm liking it. We're gonna explore this. Okay, or so so either knows he's gonna shoot him when he leaves the house, or he just doesn't. He just doesn't care.
0: It was very clear by the all the gentlemen there that they weren't expecting it, and that. And the other thing is that Roy doesn't need to consult them. He just, he's just, he makes a decision. He doesn't need to talk about it or think about it or consult. And that's what I feel is being laid out here, too, Mm. for us very mildly is that when Roy makes up his mind, he consults no one. He says what he wants,
1: he does what he wants.
0: Very similar to a different doofus on the TV. Mm hmm cheeto <laughs> oh. and then eventually they got to pay the boogeyman
1: yeah roy says uh as they are ending this scene he says uh he knows where gator got a thorn in his paw mm. which is uh interesting lots of tiger stuff obviously um and then we're off to see ule munch
0: ula ula monk moly munch uh
1: one more thing in that okay. shed i found it interesting uh an interesting parallel here when Gator's talking about how uh, he used to knock all the pins down with his eyes closed. And we just saw Lars talk about how he's got to go to physical therapy and do all this other stuff so that he can play the course with his eyes closed.
0: Hmm. Do you think they have the same guru? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what? I mean, I'm trying to imagine what's the Fargo universe name of that guru doctor. It's got to be something good. It'll be good. Well, let's stay tuned. Let's let's cross your fingers.
1: Yeah, I actually know it. I'll tell you in the next episode. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Mm, Yeah, sure. How about that death scene, though?
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have to back up. That it is, was
1: that is that drawn out shot to the head. I haven't seen that before. I don't know if that was a reference to something, but it was. It was unexpected.
0: It was very unexpected, and you just like you get kind of glued to it for a hot second. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh man, that poor. Exactly. Like all he wanted was his enema and to get rid of cancer, and instead, Roy just pops him in the head before he can even finish his statement. Whatever. You know, that's, that's, that's
1: Roy. They really spent some time in making us dislike this guy before his uh, death so that we didn't feel so bad about it. So kudos to the writers on that one. I guess, yeah. Okay. I'm making myself a spaghetti here. Uh, you got the Aperol. Tell me when, Bill.
0: Just do an ounce. Just an ounce. one All ounce, right. One ounce Aperol. One 12-ounce Fargo Brewing Company, Kenny's Lemonade.
1: One Kenny's Lemonade.
0: But for those of you at home, if you want to make a spaghetti, it is one ounce Aperol, one ounce lemon juice, fresh, please. Don't, don't get that weird crap. And then one Miller High Life. Champagne 12, of beers. Yeah, champagne. Okay. We end up at the hospital. Indira notices the name tag thing, and she has some stuff, and she's very clear. She's like, oh, well, she's got to go. She hears they're downstairs, and she wants to talk with the FBI. That is the nicest-looking uh, hospital restaurant lounge area I've seen in a lot of places.
1: It is really nice. Um uh, in fact I own that furniture. <laughs> no. Yes. Those couches that they're sitting on, I have those. At your office yeah, or at your house? Office. That's funny. Yeah, they're uh turnstone couches.
0: I love that Mr. Lion shows up with his own little mini bar and he's like, Oh, you need, you need a gimlet?
1: Yeah, the guy literally brings a bar with him. And I don't know what is going to become of this guy Wink Lorraine's husband but he's very interesting and I I just I love I love seeing him in every scene almost there's another scene where he's just kind of like standing in the background with his cocktail just standing there and for some reason uh I think he 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 just adds a lot to the composition of a scene
0: Yeah I mean he's I mean it's like a suitcase bar Yeah it's got everything Do you have one of those
1: Uh no well How sort about your of, parents?
0: just in general my trunk's always got something tasty in it. Uh, if you're a cop, turn this off right now. Um
1: my parents did have one of those. Oh, the suitcase like the Yeah, for like it's like a mini like cocktail bar in a suitcase. And it and it would be like for picnics and stuff.
0: Yeah, I've seen them. I mean, I just don't have one. I mean, yeah. It's not Christmas isn't here yet. That's right. The the feds really lay it all out here though, don't they?
1: They sure do. Yeah, uh I don't know what to think of the feds. They're kind of uh, they kind of annoy me to be honest. <laughs> um but I do like some of these shots of the, of the two in, in agreement. Like um Joaquin is just kind of uh, like when he nods for some reason, uh, I I dig it. They're saying smart stuff, but they're still both kind of dummies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, yeah, again, like all these characters in this scene, it's going to be really fun to watch and see where they end up. And if they end up
0: I I kind of am with you on the whole, like, I don't know where to go with them yet. I just keep thinking, is this some sort of kind of weird parallel to our actual, the real world of, turns out the government does know all these things, but they're not, you know, if they have all this information, they didn't just gather all this now. Mm -hmm. It's very clear that they've had their eye on Roy. It's just not the right big fish for the Fed to, to, to look after. Like, it's so weird how much information they have. And they're like, oh, well, we'll finally tell you now. Now we'll... You know, well, Oh Indira, you're here. Okay, well, you know, when she sort of demands it, she's like, "Let's talk." Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I'm not sure where they go in this.
1: Yeah, we do find out. Uh, Dot's name is Nadine Bump. Yeah, classic Fargo name.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um,
1: do you know the bumps around here? I know a few bumps. Yeah. Oh, you really do. I yeah. was making a joke. I don't. <laughs> I don't know any bumps, but.
0: There is a moment here where a listener pointed it out. And on the second watch, I really did it. I apologize for not being able to dig up our emails for who did it. But when uh, when Wayne, though, does say in this scene, he asks about his, all that's going on, he wants to know if Dot's okay. And Indira does have this look on her face of like, oh my God, I wish I had a man who had that kind of care for me first. You know? yeah. He still has a, a very earnest desire to know if dot is okay Mm -hmm. which i think is very i stand by the whole they're the they're one of the truest relationships on the show right now is in terms of a couple
1: that's true yeah they might be the only true relationship that we've seen so far yeah i
0: mean i guess true is maybe not the right word but just they're the most kind of endearing and and they have love yeah Yeah. yeah, they have love
1: and wink (laughs) with his cocktail says rommel used the sound of drums to drive his enemies mad so we're back to this general Rommel character that he seems to be obsessed with and we get clarification or we get um confirmation on his obsession with these German generals which we alluded to in the first episode when he starts talking about Rommel but it is very faint and it's just as the scenes cutting to a different scene he starts telling a story about uh Rommel and here we go his obsession continues and then later he's playing with his little G.I. Joes his little toys
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's really living in another world, isn't he?
1: As with most of the men in this series. So where do you think we're at when we move on from the hospital? Uh, Where where are we taking, where is this taking place? Is this like a a fairground or like some sort of uh, rodeo stadium?
0: No, I figured this is is their equivalent of like the, the outdoor auction lot for livestock.
1: That seems accurate.
0: It's like the stock exchange for livestock. Mm. Where you go and you buy and sell and trade cattle
1: as commodities. Yep, you're right. Good call. But yeah,
0: well, like yeah, these two are here watching the cattle get herded up and moved around while they're waiting to meet with Oli.
1: Yeah, and they're getting ta- the, the cattle are getting tagged, and we actually see like a Tillman Ranch uh, brand on the tag. So good attention to detail there.
0: Yeah, this show does a really nice job with that. But boy, Roy, for the most part, gives Gator a lot of pseudo second chances. Mm-hmm. If you put him in the car and you don't want him to do this, you want him to not do this, you want him but oh, I'm going to trust you to be the guy to go check the other guy for weapons who, by the way, last time I sent you to check on him and take him somewhere, he grabbed you by the business and got a gun from you and killed two people. Mm-hmm. And I've admitted multiple times openly to you that you're, you're, you're born under a bad sign in so many ways, yet, hey, go check him for weapons. A lot of trust from Roy.
1: Yeah, alone in this, like, uh, under the bleachers. <laughs> uh.
0: Also in this point, too, talking about him giving a lot of weird trust to Gator over and over. He has him check him, and then where does he send him again? Wait in the car. Mm-hmm. He's always in the back seat, so to speak.
1: Yeah, Roy knows that uh, he's got to play his cards right with this character, Ula. Just like he said, he said, hey, we tried killing him, and now we're bailing water out of a sinking ship. Great line. He knows that you know, this guy's not somebody to mess with and uh we might we don't have to like him, but we can still be partners and get what we want.
0: I think I think you're
1: right about that. What do you think about Roy checking out that bull's cock?
0: I think it's just a, another extension of Roy having very traditional manliness and masculinity and derives power from those types of things. It's large, it's big, it's all sorts of stuff.
1: Yeah, he says, "Look at the cock on that monster." But then that is right after Gator is face-to-face with Oli's crotch when he's checking him. And and Oli, even Oli's got like a little twinkle in his eye when Gator's patting him down and mm. and Gator's down on his knees in front of Oli. Come I don't on. know if I, I
0: don't, I guess I maybe didn't notice the <laughs> the closeness of those scenes, but I just, I really just thought it was mostly Roy falling into the traditional thing. Simmer down about your wieners, guys. It's going to be fine. <laughs>
1: Uh, Oli's outfit with that jacket. I mean, he looks like a nineties grunge, uh, rock star.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kurt Cobain would have wore that jacket. Exactly. Like to an MTV, uh, total read, total request live interview. If he had one or headbangers ball, I'm more, I'm really worried. I'm worried if he borrowed the coat or if we've lost mama munch, we've only sort of seen him murder for the reasons he needs to, with the exception as a, as a listener also pointed out. Mm hmm. Except for you know, rest in peace, Horn Boy, who blew the air horn at the mm, at the the gas station. Clear the gas and go. Yep.
1: Um, yeah. So but that was probably a necessity. Is, it's tough to say because he he. I mean, he's an analyst. Maybe he's just totally indifferent to life. But part of me wants to say, like, no, he wouldn't have done that. He didn't kill the twins or anything like that. But at the same time, taking an old an old woman's coat in North Dakota is not <laughs> So you're worried that she's not going to need it anymore. Exactly. Oof, ouch. I mean, How's I she going to get her hams? Is it Is it I
0: mean that's the weird part is like you've somehow I feel like because they've portrayed him in a certain way, I I have a certain amount of feeling for him that I probably shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, for sure. I think it's just I think it's just because he's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, you're right. It's just that's part of storytelling sometimes really gets us to a place where you find yourself in an awkward position identifying with horrible things or people which by a certain amount of their nature is just abhorrent. But at the same time, you look back and you think, well, somebody made you eat bread over a dead guy in the 1500s in Scotland or Mm -hmm. Wales. It's just it's interesting what it can get you to do. Also, fantastic vehicle when Mm -hmm. he finally leaves his conversation with Roy. I mean, we probably are doing a little bit of a disservice to... Oli's uh, soliloquies and talking because he's still talking in the very third person. He's got all sorts of things to say, but I feel like no matter what he says to Roy and what they're doing and what he's agreeing to, I think what's really being set up here is what I think is a future showdown with Gator. I can't decide if Gator's going to win it by like some sort of dumb luck thing Mm. because there's a lot of weird luck
1: in the Coen Brothers universe. Yeah, and that's kind of his whole life. Like He's keeps failing upwards basically i mean he's a sheriff technically
0: yeah he yeah, works for sheriff's office
1: sure yeah, yeah failing
0: well. up is a very solid term
1: yeah there's definitely gonna be a showdown uh i don't think gator's gonna win though but that is interesting i'll i'll oppose you on that and then we'll have i don't like think a-
0: he's gonna win i just think it would be very coheny if sure. only loses the battle with gator it'll be something stupid mm. you know like he slips on a bar of soap or but, and, and then we'll watch Gator turn that into a massive victory that he will lie mm. about how he took him down, even though we as the viewer will be like, no,
1: you mm. didn't. It I do like that.
0: purely dumb luck. You doofus, not that, goofus.
1: That is more interesting. I, I like how Roy was talking about how it's the mouse and the tiger, right? And the mouse thinks it's hunting mm-hmm. the tiger when the whole time the tiger's just playing with its supper. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Uh, Gaming Gators, I think, setting himself up for failure again by pulling out this uh, tracker stunt.
0: Yeah, which is really, I'd have to look to do what we could right now because I have the scene pulled up from No Country for Old Men. The the tracker is how Anton Sugar tracks down his thing. So he's he thinks he's the smart guy, but he's not because guess what? We're in an inverted universe in a way all the way down to the buttons and it is crap. literally
1: is it the same the exact same tracker holy from no crap. country no World, way
0: man. oh my god it is it is the tracker okay, so sharpie has the sharpie has the tv show pulled up where he pulls out the tracker and turns it on it is the same track well k- hey shout out to the props department you were g gee dang oh. it close Oh, it's yeah, a little yeah. taller but it's the same color and uh, it's got a little bit different screen, close to the same, and the same two buttons. Wow. If I you mean, come If on, you want to go check this out for funsies, Sharpie, what minute is that at for... Uh, 25
1: minutes, 17 seconds.
0: If you feel like, pulling, if you have a copy of No Country for Old Men, go to 45 minutes, 15 seconds, approximately. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Nice catch. He's trying to outsmart him, and it's not going to work. Uh, I think, the, obviously, the big takeaway from part of this scene, if we were truly to believe that this is getting set up, is... I think the person he truly tells off is Gator about a boy complains that he thinks about, about the world being unfair and mm-hmm. a man knows that things, you know, happen, happen. And, but boy, that's that whole, uh, what's the comment about, um, digging a, digging a grave. If you, if there's nothing to put it, it's just a hole. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? What was it? Yeah. I think we've been, as you've kind of even commented about the mouse and the tiger. Mm-hmm. I think that's similarly happening that Roy at least, Right realizes something's going on here i'm not comfortable with so we're gonna send somebody else after it. but gator's too stupid to know and now he is the mouse and doesn't realize he's the one also playing with the tiger as well in oli exactly yep gosh it's gonna have to be somewhat really satisfying to watch it go down and really hats off to joe kiri you know for playing such a lovable character on stranger things and being just so unlikable here i think it speaks Mm -hmm. pretty well to the writing and his uh, a little bit of his range because it, it takes a hot second for you to realize he's not the lovable sidekick for anyone in this he's he's a full blown
1: yeah <laughs> so we got a meeting of the law people at the diner this diner is getting some action very much yeah and I like the diner looks a lot like our art- artwork on our website actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Deputy Olmstead's getting the lowdown from the feds even more so feds uh, like you were saying they're trying to like set a bigger trap and that's what feds do you know they spend a lot of time. Like really honing in on a case and like really getting all the evidence because when they take on a case, if they're going to start pressing charges, it's going to be like rock solid. Right. And Olmstead is just like, look, like he's kidnapping people. He's making people disappear. This is all happening today. Like, isn't that enough? Can't we go after him?
0: Don't let this atrocity on this woman go by the sideline just so you can make a bigger case. It's, it's awful
1: for her there's
0: obviously times this this truly happens. Is I mean, if you think about building giant cases against criminal enterprises, but it still doesn't have to completely wash away the fact that there are people being victimized and things that are going unsolved or mm-hmm. unaided uh, in, in the way that they should. And mm. and if it makes you feel uncomfortable thinking about that, that's because
1: it should, you know? Yep, well said, Bill. Thank you. Mm. Yes, very uh, Molly salverson y
0: she, she and Indira are similar in that way. They're... They're smart, strong, and, and have at the heart of their character the desire to help those directly related to the scene that they're in mm-hmm. and to just nip crime in the bud or whatever it is, the wrongdoing right then and there. You don't, exactly. you don't wait around for something bigger. You stop things now.
1: Protect and serve, man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is where we start to see some of that uh, foreshadowed quid pro quo action. You help me, I help you. So that's between Deputy Olmstead and the Feds. So uh, I think this is a reference to Big Lebowski, just like George Bush and Big Lebowski says, you know, this aggression will not stand. And later on, the dude, hey man, this this aggression will not stand. So this is it's you know not verbatim, but we see a former president on the TV saying quid pro quo, mm-hmm. and now here we are in two scenes in this episode with quid pro quo tit for tat.
0: They're horse trading over all sorts of things. Everybody mm-hmm. is whether. On varying levels of grunginess and grossness.
1: Speaking of grossness, uh, Lars at the Olmstead house, after this scene, we see him going to his uh, physical therapist. He's going to leave Scotty alone, all by herself, in the Olmstead house. Not even her house. Um, All by herself, and then freaking, what is he? A, uh, he's a douchess? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's, a, he's a doofus, not a the, goofus.
1: The douchess of uh, Oh,
0: sorry, yeah, he's a, the douchess. Okay. I'm yeah. going to lose track of all this.
1: <laughs> The Duchess of Scandia, uh, He. It's like is, Duchess, he, but it's he, yeah. yeah. It's
0: but it's for it's for Lars only. He's the duchess.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, he's going to his physical therapist. Air quotes. Uh, and we obviously know he's cheating on his wife because he's going. He's spritzing himself. With
0: yeah. Who, who, who puts on? Who puts on a little? Uh, I mean, it wasn't quite Axe body spray, but close enough. Sorry if you wear Axe Body Spray out there. That's okay. I shouldn't shame anybody for their choice of body scent. I don't
1: know. I don't know why I got a bad rap. Yeah,
0: well, (laughs) college, fraternities. Here's the interesting part to me is that all he wants to do is ask for support. I need support. I need this. I need this. All the things Lars needs. And Indira asks him to do one thing. Look Mm. after this simple child who's not a baby. She doesn't need her diaper changed. Scotty doesn't need entertaining even just be here and be present and he is inept and unable to do the bare minimum for another human being that is not in the way of his personal needs and or aspirations
1: yeah and the one thing scotty is interested in the drums he tells her not to touch because they're 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 tool
0: well he's also you know what he is he's scared Mm. he's afraid she's gonna be better and she probably is
1: oh she definitely is
0: crapping all over just gonna go ahead and just call it out because we, we we wildly speculate clearly this isn't her kid his kid i made some crazy speculations on the drums thing but i want to well, know why the drums matter here or if it's just something else
1: it was um yeah i don't know it was mentioned in an email too i thought this was a good observation that uh, somebody said that the drum kits are the same colors as the hospital logos mm. the walter mondale hospital has like two circles really one blue and one green the same blue and green at the hot so this the is
0: is this in relation to listener mark's uh idea that scotty they think scotty may unfortunately hurt somebody or do uh, something maybe. maybe yeah
1: yeah i don't know if she was playing any particular song it's hard to tell just from do you the know drums, what song i thought it was? But I was hoping it was imagine
0: dragons no i actually thought i immediately when i heard it and i have to play it back i immediately thought it was twisted sisters we're not going to take
1: it Oh, which for it.
0: whatever it's worth, when I thought that, then I thought, well, that's interesting. But then I thought, boy, you go back to those old school D. Snyder days. You know, mm-hmm. big bushy hair, glam rock, little gender bendery. Uh, yeah, totally interesting. You know, and I also thought, you know, Scotty is also very clearly Scotty marches to their own beat. You know, mm-hmm. but Lars is such a turd. Mm. Just I
1: can't get it together to help. He's a, he's like a wet kind of sloppy turd. Ugh. The worst. This is the,
0: the kind you really made sure you have a bidet for. Sorry, <laughs> folks, we're getting gross tonight.
1: <laughs> the kind you have to take a shower after. <laughs>
0: <You're>, yeah. <laughs> one job. You had one job, dude. The person you asked for a hundred percent of your support from asks you, I need you to just do this thing, and he he did, you know, to whatever in his defense. He claimed, Oh, I got my I got my therapy and then my guru wants me to walk the course. hmm Still, God, just couldn't have even, a little have a little empathy for another human being. Couldn't even feed her. No. Well, He's probably pissed she ate his Frosted Flakes.
1: Oh. Because there was that line.
0: <laughs> there was that line way back at the Breakfast Child. You breakfast want me to clear child. my bowl? She says, Scotty says, like, does your kid like him? Yeah. And she's like, well, so, sort of my kid. And then I, that was where I had the moment where I literally all caps rolled. She has a man child. But I also like cereal a lot, too. So I don't want to be lumped into that category.
1: But I love cereal, dude. My favorite. It's so bad so for much, you. It's so much. <laughs> I know. It's
0: like so everything about it is kind of wrong it's processed it's weird and you you pour milk all over it but it's God, like it's a so future kind. food. I love it. I used to eat a lot of cereal growing up. A lot. I would come home from school and eat like two bowls of cereal. And then I would be like, when's dinner?
1: <laughs> what was your cereal of choice?
0: Oh, we were not allowed to have cool cereal at my house. You had
1: the bottom shelf big bag cereal? No,
0: no, no. Mm. I just mean like we didn't get Lucky Charms. We didn't get, mm. you know, it was like like a real stretch would be like Golden Grahams would be like the sweets. Mm. A lot of Cheerios, a lot of Total, a lot of Wheaties. Frosted Flakes were allowed. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, if I got up picked up the Sunday section supplements and ripped out like a Lucky Charms $2 off in double coupon or whatever it was back Or it was a dollar off, which was $2 off Mm -hmm. at Hornbachers. Then, then you could squeeze through a box of Lucky Charms (laughs) or heaven forbid, a wreck the roof of your mouth. uh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Anything of Captain Crunch. Doesn't matter which one. But generally, if if you're going Captain, I feel like you got to go berries the whole way.
1: Yeah, or peanut butter.
0: Peanut butter is good, but it's it's different it's different i it's also a, go reese's when i go peanut butter now there's a reese's
1: peanut i'm surprised butter the butter. peanut butter cap and crunch was even like in the cap and crunch family i mean
0: yeah they're almost gentle too because they're round they yeah, don't like exactly. recce as bad but they have a lot of the full flavor and here ends another session of bill and sharpie mm-hmm. talk about weird things from food okay lars leaves her he's he's doing something bad we know that uh we definitely know that talk to me about uh pink dress shirts if you could for a minute.
1: Okay, yeah. You know what? If my name is Vivian Duggar and my initials are VD, I'm not gonna get stuff monogrammed, okay? <laughs> no, it's just it's
0: just a straight up just like, don't do it. Don't <laughs> like, do it.
1: Uh, you can have some nice things, but that's one nice thing you should just avoid. The VD monogrammed clothing.
0: Yeah, eas- easily, like, smartest thing ever to not know.
1: Yeah, this, this, this scene at Redemption Services between Danish and Lorraine really... Uh I think emphasizes so in the last episode we were saying like how Danish doesn't really get noticed and he's like just trying so hard he he's just like he he wants to help and he wants to like be the guy that people turn to and everybody's just kind of like ignoring ignoring him or like brushing him off and in this scene he's more of a doofus than I actually thought because he didn't even notice that the shirt was monogrammed Lorraine did then he's got the note that says uh not on my watch and he didn't even notice that it was on the sheriff's letterhead.
0: Yeah, he wanted to get the handwriting experts to start looking into
1: it. Yeah, he's got a whole team of, it's like he, he it's like those are his toys. Like the henchmen and the experts and like, he's like a <laughs> gadget guy and, and he just wants to play with toys and tools at his disposal instead of just like, read the page, man. It's got a friggin' sheriff badge on the letterhead.
0: Yeah, that's a good call out. Shocker. Making it comp- more complicated than it needs to be. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think this guy is uh, less quick than I gave him credit for.
0: This is also the nice
1: scene, though, where we see
0: for the... Is this the second or third time in the show that she does... When they when they wheel in her son, when Wayne comes in, she has a very genuine moment where she wants him to feel love and warmth. She knows he's kind of a mm-hmm. a goofus and is missing some things, but... She cares enough that she wants to get him home for what was the
1: meal, the... Uh, Beef bourguignon.
0: You could look at it as taking out his plushies as mm-hmm. a a slight, but if you take yourself away from that for a moment and just say, well, he's a person who experienced some serious trauma, and the thing his mother, his mother who has known him his whole life, is, wants to do is give him his favorite meal, and the thing that she knows caused him comfort and or joy. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, you could you could look at the plushy thing as a minus or a plus. Depends. Sure, I like that. It's it's just one of the few times we see her completely tear down the wall of I'm this incredible businesswoman. I don't care. I know I, I'm going to own the people that I'm around, which I still like. It's still fun. Doesn't make her a great person, but it's still fun because the people she owns in so many of these scenes are. They're rough.
1: So now we're gassing up the Porsche, and uh, we're getting ready to steal an election. This is going to be very fun, I think, uh, in the next coming episodes. We've got ourselves somewhat of a little bit of a proxy war going on. I think so. Um, Maybe multiple proxy wars. uh, And I like this because, you know, they're all kind of fighting over Dot, really. Uh, even if Lorraine wouldn't want to admit it because she wants her son to be happy. Yes. And then and you've got Roy trying to snuff Dot out, thinking Dot's a tick, which was also a great description. She's like a yeah. tick, can't crush her. So yeah, they're gassing up the Porsche, and they're heading off to steal an election. I don't know how they're going to do that. I mean, obviously they're going to dump money and do the opponent, but it'll be fun to watch. Well, I hope it, we or see. or
0: not dump money, and what we will find out later because we don't have to go in perfect order here. Mm. What we find out later is that she cuts off the money. Mm. She basically goes to Mister VD himself, and she's like, "I'm gonna." She's just she's going to wreck him because he has already made it clear that he won't sell to her, and he's donating to a campaign. So she's like, "I'm going to shut off the spigot." That's true. I'm going to call the SEC. And not only that, she isn't just going to take away the money. She's going to go even farther and say she's going to freeze him out and she's going to mess up Roy's campaign funds. She's even going to destroy his children's life. That's true. Notre Dame, the kids, they're calling now. They're looking for it. This is like full-blown capitalist ruthlessness. Greed Mm. is good. This is Gordon Gecko in a way. Not the Mm. same deal, but you know what I mean? The whole, I don't care hmm i want what i want
1: yep she even and says it's okay she, she even says find vivian's cell phone number i don't care how you do it
0: you know in between that we should just touch on the fact that indira comes home finds scotty rocking the drums um Lars is just can't do it we've already touched on that
1: but i did you did it surprise you that that she took scotty back absolutely that was totally unexpected for me.
0: We talked a little bit about the hot dish about it, but what did you make of it? Like on the rewatch, like what do you think her intentions were?
1: At first, I thought you know this was just her being you know enough is enough. I'm drawing the line. Take I'm done. I'm done here. I'm done having to do everything. Help everybody. Like my my I've reached my limit. Um, now I think it's more so, and maybe there's still a little bit of that. But now I think she's probably. After having met with the feds, maybe starting to play her little own game here in this whole like making things right with Dot and like saving her, and yeah, this is maybe a trap or something that she can set. Oh, okay, okay. To reel Dot back in, um, mm. because wow. now- you
0: you go to different darker places than me sometimes.
1: Okay, well, let's hear your theory.
0: No, no, I wanted you to finish. <laughs> I mean, you think that you think it's part of her trying to get her back by?
1: It might be bait. It might be because. Oh, uh, gosh. Dot's going to be on the on the war path now, uh, and maybe Olmstead's trying to stop that, mm-hmm. stop her from doing something stupid that will cost her her life, possibly, and maybe her put her family in danger. Let's put Scotty back in the nest and see if she comes back, and let's figure this out.
0: That's a good idea, too, because we already know that she doesn't want Scotty there, because she's taken her from there once. Don't want Scotty with
1: you. Mm-hmm.
0: But what I'm interested in that we sort of learn is what I see. Oh, man, I, that's... Oh, goodness, you're kind of breaking my thing here. My original thought on the second watch was that because she is so ill-partnered in her life in Lars that she didn't feel she could live up to the agreement with Dot. Oh. And because she realized that she doesn't have anyone else to cover her or to help her or to make her fulfill any promises she makes, whether in life or in general, that she's like, I can't honor this agreement, and the next safest place is with another woman who I don't like or love, but at least has security and money and power, and it's the most safe, unappealing place for Scotty.
1: I like that, too. That's pretty good. I mean, and, and you know what? Both both things can be kind of in effect at the same time. Yep. I mean, she does, and she goes to Lorraine's house with full intention because she brings that case file of Dot. Ooh, yeah, right? Because,
0: you know, if you really pull it together with what she's, she's piecing together herself through her investigation and what the feds are telling her, maybe that's the other thing is she realizes, ooh, here's something. Maybe she realizes that she's actually Dot's only ally out there. On the other side of the the wall, that she's like, I can't, but I can't, I can't sort of ally up to you a little bit until I find a place to stash your kid Mm -hmm. and to help drive home that point. Yeah, I got to bring this file, Mm
1: -hmm. which
0: is just, oh, I mean, come on, even opening that shot, you know, playing with his World War II toys, he's like, Ich bin (laughs) (laughs) Americana. And I just thought, man, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of idiot is playing with the german side like there's a weird part where you're like why is he taking such joy in them sort of pummeling the americans
1: you know you think it would be the other way around yeah but these folks are all like want to be fascists so
0: but i don't get the vibe i don't get the vibe that lorraine's a fascist of any kind Mm. do you i mean she's like sort of playing into the idea of, like, uh, capitalism and America and guns and, like, power, but I don't... Yeah,
1: we haven't really explicitly, like, been give no. given any evidence of that.
0: Maybe that's the thing she's able to... Maybe that's the trouble, is that Lorraine's blind-eyed against her husband's weird infatuation with something.
1: hmm Did you have G.I. Joes? I did. Me too. They Actually, were fun. And I had, like, a... I had, like, a thing exactly like Rommel, or... Oh, exactly like childhood. (laughs) No, like Wink is playing with these like little figurines, uh, and he's got this like battlefield set up. And I actually had one of those. I made it for my G.I. Joes. I used uh, a train set props and like. (laughs) and little grasses and bushes
0: yeah it's full it's full tabletop Mm -hmm. you know yep and it's very clear that it's a room he has for his his fantasy world you know there's ships in the background there's yep he kind of fancies himself uh an elite educator and knowledge person even though he's just a man who knows how to make a gimlet
1: yep on the fly on the
0: fly yeah there's nothing wrong with a good gimlet which by the way hey full circle gimlet's uh, a lot. Some people in their gimlets love a little bit of pearl, pearl onion. Ever seen pearl onions oh, in a gimlet?
1: Oh shit! Yeah, I have seen a pearl. Hey, onion Hey, We're bringing in this gimlet. whole shit
0: together now. <laughs> <laughs> we should record in person all the time.
1: Oh, I love pearl onions. Yeah, we got to find a place with pearl onions tonight. That's
0: that's the goal when we go out to dinner tonight. This is also another situation though. Earlier, when she comes to the house, though, where Lorraine looks out, hears some sort of commotion, walks out of her den or her area of the home. And sees Scotty and has a just a total moment, I think, of just she's a human being. Yep. She's and, definitely got a softness. And yeah. there, I mean like yep. it's at like thirty-five minutes, twenty-four seconds in. She has a full blown her. Her brow isn't furrowed in the same mm. way. I think this is Jennifer Jason Lee doing a very good job of really just code switching her character too. Totally. Right? Dude, she she looks like a
1: different person
0: yeah she's just like bright and warm and then she goes oh and dear is here and then she's like snaps back to oopsies i'm mm-hmm. not supposed to oh and oh my god i just replayed it for sharpie just now she literally has that. a moment i didn't notice it until just now she literally goes almost like when a <laughs> like a fake movie thing where somebody goes all right i'm entering my character and you mm-hmm. wave your hand in front of your face like <laughs> end scene and start mm-hmm. scene And so I'm starting to wonder if what we learn through this is that she's also been playing. All of them are playing a character, even though she's powerful. Mm -hmm. She's still playing a character. Yeah, I I hope maybe some of these women can find a way to be exactly who they want to be. Maybe absolutely. Don't we all? Don't we all? That's not gender specific.
1: You already nailed it in the first episode. I think uh, where she's like faking a mid-Atlantic accent. Like that accent isn't real. It's not from anywhere. It's like a fake 19. 40s, 50s movie accent. So, yeah. and Dot's doing the same. A few episodes ago, sitting at that dinner table at, the, at Dot's house, they're both talking to each other in accents that are fake. They're pretending to be different people.
0: Yeah. Wayne is incredibly delighted to be reunited with his child. She clearly adores her father as well. So it's also just, as much as you and I have been beating up certain points, it's really nice to see Scotty, you know, and as much as we can call Wayne a, a goofus. It, it, to, to scotty he's he's a great thing and and somebody she adores mm-hmm. as well
1: yeah a goofus is neither good nor bad i don't think so i mean it, right. well, it can
0: be in all sorts of things plus i mean i'm not uh, i'm not trying to create my own uh subsection of
1: oh i stuff. am stuff oh you like it yeah yeah you like definitely. it you like yeah, there's that there's gonna be a fargo talks fargo you like that glossary
0: sorry that was <laughs> that was my kirk cousins reference for minnesota vikings fans okay oh jeez. uh hey man just come on
1: uh, Big scene. We've got uh, another kind of surprise. There's so much to talk about in this episode. I mean, come on. Um, Lorraine offers Deputy Olmstead a job.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have a ton of back and forth about some other stuff, but eventually... Do you, do you think she's placating her, or she's actually seen the value of who she is? Do you think she's really seeing her? I think that's what they're playing Boy. on us, is that
1: we don't know. Well, now you've got me thinking about that, actually. I mean, she does give... Uh, Lorraine gives indira 24 hours if you really wanted somebody to consider a job that's facade
0: that's facade business lady her yep and i think it's also that when she made her asked her for a decision and then she pushed back with you don't get to do that to me you're not i'm not on your timeline Mm -hmm. because she immediately assumed she needed Lars' permission and I think Indira maybe didn't need that. I just think she's a person who gives everything thoughtful consideration, which is how she's mm-hmm. exactly where she is. Yep. If she didn't like thoughtful consideration, she would have already opened and shut this case based on her boss, who clearly wanted her to go that direction. But I, yeah, it's, is she placating her? Is she going for it? They're both having a little bit of a power play back and forth. I, the key that she didn't answer was, I thought, a really nice point. The thing, like, she's not going to tell it. Yeah, She doesn't owe her anything. Exactly. And in, in, in actuality, Indira was there person to person. Because then she says, she's like, she should be here. I look who I found. I need to get you back with family. I'm not the right place for you. Mm. Even though they're not the best, this is still the best place for you. And then she immediately approaches her with, I think you need to understand that you think the two of you are so different, but you are not. Makes a case. And somewhere in the middle of that, though, she sees the nature of who she is, how she works and operates and says, ooh. I need you, I need you here. I need you to whip these oh, these boys out here in shape.
1: Absolutely, yeah. All these swinging dicks. I yeah. I think you're right though. I, look, this is the queen of debt. She she's giving this offer because if Indira takes it now, Deputy said is like in debt to her.
0: Yeah, I gave you a job. Yeah. What are you doing for me? That was the weird part of the offer was, I'll pay you so much you could pay it off. Well, you're you're the company that's calling her in the morning. And yes. all. And then, by the way, we thank you for your call. Please yeah, give us a survey. Give us five stars. In your survey. Fuck you. You know, <laughs> if she really wanted to appeal to her, she'd be like, how about this? I wipe out your debt and I pay you all. She didn't offer that. She offered her a bunch of money and power. So she doesn't even know how to make the right offer.
1: Mm, that's true.
0: And I think she also assumed... Unfortunately, I think this is where those two these two differ. She assumed that she wants Indira wants the same things as Lorraine wants, and she doesn't. And the idea of pushing around a bunch of security team doofuses who check your ID when you're leaving the place—her goal isn't to own the team, own the libs. Uh, Her goal (laughs) is her goal is honestly, I think, to do what feels morally right to her. Mm. Even if her moral sensibilities sometimes are breaking the rules, which because she's lied now, right? She's put herself at risk. She has visited with what is known to be a fugitive or somebody who needs something. Yeah. Well, I guess, is she really a fugitive? Tots not, she's not committed a crime that, I think is
1: provable yet. I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe the murder with, of the station? Maybe, maybe with the identity or, sorry, or something?
0: The, the, the death, yeah, I suppose, assuming somebody's... Mm. Yeah.
1: True, 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 cool, Big ups. I think it's yet
0: to be seen what will happen, but what we do find out shortly after this is where the Porsche was getting gassed up to go.
1: That's right. Back to what? Back to the tender trap. yeah, Back at the northern. It's a palindrome. <laughs> this episode's a palindrome. Uh it kind of. Yeah, actually. Um
0: Oh wait, I'm sorry. I just want to say we're gonna come back to it, but we're not trying to gloss over the fact that she gave her all these Photos in and this case file full of things on dot and what we know happened to her. I'm sorry. This is one of those mm. moments where I realize we talked about in the hot dish, so it feels like we said it. Right. It is very clear that she literally has climbed through six levels of hell to get where she is, which we were already told in episode two or three, I can't remember, I'm sorry. And and whatnot, but we're gonna we're gonna touch on that next. So those of you who have been screaming at their your into your headphones or into the open air that what about this? We're coming back, don't worry. So yeah. tender trap.
1: Danish is here. Danish with VD. <laughs> uh, we have got Danish VD and some candy, uh, mm. or candy, not you some think candy. Do that's candy? <laughs> <All> right, we <laughs> should find so? out. Well, no, no because candy's in Sioux Falls. Candy's in
0: Sioux candy's Falls.
1: Candy's no. in Sioux Falls. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he's got a restraining order. So yeah, not uh, Yep. So Danish comes in, plays the Danish move by basically just putting him up, putting somebody on the phone with Lorraine.
0: <laughs> it is, and it's the second time that he's done that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Had, I mean, he
0: even had to go do that to Wayne at the dealership. Yeah.
1: I was surprised. I thought for a minute maybe
0: Danish was going to get to slap another guy.
1: Yeah, like I mean, Lorraine is a little bit of a control freak, but but she's again, like Danish is just totally unrecognized. Here, drive this phone over to this person. Right. <laughs> and then let me know when I'm on.
0: We really get like a look at a lot of these things here, but I also think this is the time where we come front to back. We have VD outside pleading with Roy that I. I know a senator or a governor. Mm -hmm. I already forgot, sorry. Governor. But what we get to here now is bookending the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Now, instead of that, it's Lorraine, who has reached out to actual people and is fucking him up. She's talked to the SEC chairman. She's freezing his funds. She knows about the Mesa Prudential, $100 She knows about everything. And she's literally, instead of... So, so in the first part of the show, we have a guy making an idle threat to another dude who thinks he's got it made, and instead, she's owning them both. Not only that, but she's owning Roy mm-hmm. and she's owning she's owning v, good old VD mm-hmm. and saying like, "You guys, yeah, I got to No, I actually got the connections. I'm gonna make all these things. I'm gonna." I'm going to call in the chips or whatever it is she's done to do this. And then she just, her face, she really enjoyed it. And I think I said it on the hot dish. So did Danish. I got to pull that for Sharpie here. Like, mm-hmm. look at that guy's face. That is the end of the phone call when he puts the phone away. <laughs> he, he likes to watch. I'm just saying it. I'm not going to kink shame anybody. But he, he, kinda, he enjoys his job, I think. Oh, he doesn't yeah. like the way other people treat him. But with the way Lorraine treats him and what she does for him, he actually he likes working for her. He only feels inferior to the people around him that he hired. I don't think he feels bad about his relation to Lorraine. I yeah, think, I think he you're actually, right. I think that's in accurate. a weird way. He's he's an, he's the guy. He's a guy who's like he's like fine doing what he is. He's fine with her being in her position of
1: whatever he is. You
0: know? So that's that's his gig. He's fine with it, which is good. It's good for him.
1: Just want to know true. what happened to your eye, bud. Just yeah, tell me. Just tell us. Nobody wants to see a character with an eye patch and not have it explained. Mm-hmm. Isn't that isn't that kind of funny? Like you see somebody with an eye patch, you you feel like you're owed an explanation.
0: <laughs> I'm at this moment where I think you and I talked about it. I know somebody wrote in about it as well, but it's it's our it's our only like, kind of broken human nature to feel entitled to information. Exactly.
1: That's what that's exactly what I was going with. Oh, you were too. Yeah.
0: We we really bring this whole thing to bear. She enjoys it. Danish enjoys it, and uh. Roy is really not going to enjoy it, and it's going to mess a lot of things up. And then, those, are the, to me, that's the bookends of manipulation, right? It opens with one and ends with one at the same shop. And mm-hmm. I think it's very, I think it is on purpose, I think it is incredible editing, and I think it's wonderful storytelling and foreshadowing of maybe helping us bring Lorraine's humanity to the mm-hmm. situation over the course of a few little peeks into her that she just her you know hey speaking of you and I's crazy interest in being like tell me what happened to your eye Lorraine can't look away from the manila folder or whatever you want to say on her desk and she finally has to look at it and she has to look the cold hard truth in the face of what it is she's ignoring Mm -hmm. whether or not she does or doesn't respect Dot or -hmm. Nadine or anything and when she does that there is just it is cold it is hard it's ugly it's awful and she boy it's it's a powerful way outside of what I think are those two bookends to end this episode. I mean, was it similar for you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I'm really looking forward to next week, probably more so than any other episode so far this season. Um, I I mean, I do look forward to each episode in each new week, but this next one, I'm just like, it can't come soon enough for me. I'm 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 ready.
0: I hope that maybe in some small way, Lorraine can come to the aid of of another person. It's, it's very clearly that Indira is already trying to do. We did not see uh, Whitfar. We have to just hope and pray that somewhere in the background he's working his way up to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're looking to a future where Gator's going to get got or owned or grabbed by the business once again. Exactly. It might actually be more, I think it might be satisfying to watch him be just like owned again without without a death of any kind. Would
1: you rather see him owned by uh, perhaps even with a death uh, by either Oli or Wit? Oh man, that's a great question.
0: I want to see him get owned in a non-deathy way by Oli again. Mm. I want to see him in three episodes from now put himself in an impossible session with Witfar and get get off that way. Okay.
1: So you're going for both? A
0: little bit, but just by two different characters. But I also just don't know. I don't think Whit Farr is the kind of guy in this show to be a guy who's going to pull the trigger on a person. We already, I mean, he fired back kind of loosely at the gas and go, but he's he's an analytical fellow from what I can tell. So we've seen Indira interact with everybody. And I want to
1: see the two of them come back together
0: for a little bit more sleuthing and, and, and going on the good side, the bright side of life. Mm-hmm. What about you?
1: Uh, definitely wit. Like we'll see enough from Oli. I want I want Witt to take Gator down
0: hard. Do you okay if we're gonna if we're talking about this being a bookend early predictions, right? If we're talking about this being a new telling of the original show, you gotta remember at the end of Fargo, the movie, Gare's in the back, he's not dead. She doesn't mm-hmm.
1: shoot him. Yep.
0: And that's I guess that's the other thing is like we didn't even talk about this and I feel bad. Like what are the traps that are being set? We sort of mentioned it. I mean, Gator has quote unquote set a trap for yep. for Oli. Uh is the job offer a trap? To Indira.
1: Good one. Uh,
0: who else is in a trap? Uh, Scotty might
1: be uh, a trap for Dot by Indira.
0: Yep. We're missing a few. Tell us Definitely. if there's any. And then and then tying it together with the 1955 film that we opened with.
1: Yeah, so I've got uh, a running theory that I'm going with. Uh, it's not t- totally fleshed out, so I'm just going to kind of lay the groundwork. Hit me with it. So that we can maybe have it in the back of our mind. Maybe there's nothing to it, and it's certainly not groundbreaking by any means, but this whole, like parallel universes like light versus dark kind of theme going on we've got we've we've already had star wars references so like you know the dark side and the light side i guess (laughs) uh and i'm i'm trying to see like is this working with the characters are there like pairings of characters where it's like a very clear parallel where two characters are really the same, but one is light and one is dark. Like for example, like is Indira the light opposite Lorraine as the dark? Because they're both they're both chasing after the same people. They're both trying to get dot, right? Um or or well, I guess in that case, is Indira opposite Oli? Because Indira's like the endearing light side oh. trying to get dot and Oli's the Opposite, parallel, dark side of the same thing. They're both hunting down the same tiger. Is Wayne the light side opposite of Roy? Because they're both the husbands. One's the light, one's the dark. Or is Lars the opposite of Wink? I don't know. They're kind of the same. But think about that. Maybe there's something to it. No, that's- you know. Maybe you can draw a line and and like see like who's in the upside down here. Um, I mean, it's fairly obvious who the bad guys are, but it's kind of like there's is it there's um reciprocal sort of is it clear always?
0: I mean, it, I think it's mm. clear. I, I think it's clear based on you and your feelings and mine and my feelings and each listener. I mean, I also wonder if they're trying to help us draw these weird delineations of gradation. Because mm. I know I. By Ooh. the way, I I really dig what you're saying. Like like I'm even gonna I'll go back and relisten to what you just said just for me to like digest that after the fact because you're just saying this in front of me for the first time but I no, like but that. i like I what like you're that.
1: saying like the what you're saying mm. is you know life is gray not necessarily black and white
0: yeah but it but we we like we like clarity that well yeah. there you go we want to know why mm-hmm. why do you have an eye patch on why do we have to you know these these curiosities of our own human intellect and, and intent well sharpie i think it's been it's been kind of real we're gonna go grab some dinner and something to eat i'm gonna have to figure out how to edit this sometime Uh, after this heading into the holiday
1: a couple bowls of cereal (laughs) cereal, (laughs) and then we'll go have dinner
0: yeah exactly spam and maybe some vienna sausage some Mm. bacon wrapped little smokies Uh, What else can we say? Uh, Well, here's the deal. Whatever you're celebrating in the next few days or not celebrating, we hope you have a fantastic time. It's a time of year where people uh, spend some time with family and travel. Safe travels to you and yours. And uh, yeah, that's about all we can say. Cheers from Fargo. Yep.
1: Bye now.